Thank you for tuning in and welcome to the Nickish Podcast. This is episode number 24. You're here with Mo and Nafi and it is July 10th. So basically it's been about 10 days since free agency started and a lot of shit has gone down. So uh, this episode is all about how we felt about the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving spurning the Knicks basically uh, and joining the Nets and all some other free agency stuff. So what's going on, man? You mentioned 10 days, bro. That shit felt like 10 weeks. And honestly, I'm kind of kind of disappointed you spoiled it. I had a whole teaser set up. I thought I was about to say, like, yo, we about to talk about the biggest free agent signing that uh, brought um, a major player to Chicago, man. The one, the only Thomas Sodoransky, you know, uh-huh. signing trade with Chicago. He said that all. That had... Yeah, apparently. I mean, well, good for good for Thomas. Yeah. I think it's Tomas too. It's like a foreign ass name, but oh, yeah, I had that whole bit set up. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure like the, all the Sodoransky, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I'm, I'm sure all his stands out there are disappointed. It's exactly what they tune in for, you know. Mm. But yeah, I mean, big things happening, you know. Two two born and bred superstars, major players made a made a jaw dropping move to one team together. Yep. That's the Clippers, right? That's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, right? exactly. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. The main shit, you know? PG, Kawhi, 2020, you already know. Yeah, I mean, they they both, you know, have, have two functioning legs each. They'll both be playing this year, you know, knock mm-hmm. on wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no cowering <laughs> bitches over there. No no one talking shit. They just, they just come in, play the game, play at a very high level. No one complaining. And that's it. That's that's what this whole episode is about. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh-huh. But no, on on some real shit though. We started recording it. We started recording the, these podcasts from October, basically the start of the NBA season officially. Uh, and basically from day one, um, from episode two, you and I have been talking about the this pipe dream about Kevin Durant, uh, the greatest scorer. In today's NBA, one of the greatest scorers of all time, arguably the best player in the world, joining the Knicks. We're talking about the mural that you know people painted in in Midtown near MSG, and we were talking about how he could possibly come in with uh, Kyrie Irving, and then we had this whole Duke thing going on with Zion Williamson, and basically this whole pipe dream of these three guys possibly joining the New York Knicks come June, July of 2019, and we were talking about it for months. So. This yeah, whole thing like, started a long before time you ago. even get any further. Yeah. yeah, before you even get further, we gotta we gotta just hold people accountable and just keep this shit real. This is like this shit started as a pipe dream. We go yep. back, our listeners could go back to our very first episode. We talked about KD in like mythological terms. We didn't think it was a possibility. It wasn't even a thought bubble. You and I were more so focused on Kyrie. You know, thought he was more realistic, as I recall. And then. The media, mad major reporters, the most legitimate reporters in the like NBA like game, 
you know what I mean, the NBA reporting game, journalism, all that. They all, every single one of them, had KD to the fucking Knicks. You know what I mean? In February, that KP trade comes, it's KD, Kyrie locked up to the Knicks. And these are major players. You know what I mean? Zach Lowe, Brian Windhorst, fucking people in the know pretty much said it was destined to be. You know? So it went Duker, from us talking Stephen about a, the list, The list goes on. Oh, yo, don't even get me started on Stephen A. It's a 95%, 95% dickhead, you know what I mean? <laughs> All that. Just fuck that clown-ass motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being a little too harsh, but yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, <laughs> like, we we, we kind of started this whole podcast on the preface that, you know, one year into this, we're going to have some major players, and we're going to be playoff, you know, a playoff team, possibly title contenders with a healthy Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. But at the end of the day, you and I, we are fans of the New York Knicks, and just for some reason – Things just don't go the way we want them to or plan out. So this is going to be one of those episodes where we just discuss what happened, how we felt about it, and moving forward, how we how we need to think about it and just try to make some sense and logic out of it. Similar to the way we did back in episode 16, I want to say, when, when Perzingis was traded. Um, the reaction was, what the fuck are the Knicks doing? And they made the biggest mistake. And we tried our best to make some logic out of it. But at the end of the day, our sources are the people, the same people who you mentioned earlier, who's feeding us all this, uh, all the pipe dream to all these Knicks fans that, yo, Kevin Durant's coming. Kyrie Irving's coming. They're just, they're kind of just arguing who's going to sign first. And that's like, it, it, it kind of sucks to be in that position where we were kind of just teased that for so long. And it just, it went in possibly the worst way possible. You know? It's crazy, bro. Honestly, like, these motherfuckers, like, like, to be honest, like, yeah, it sucks. And, like, first things first, we got to give props to the Brooklyn Nets. Like, we, we spent, like, our last whole episode with a huh. scooch just kind of shitting on them. But they did it. I mean, to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, KD's not going to touch the floor until 2020 when he's 32, coming off the worst injury basketball player could have. We- I mean... <laughs> To be yeah. fair. <laughs> Real quick, that, that episode, episode 23, we spent, like, hours on that episode preparing for it, recording it, and then editing it, and then, like, three hours later, we get the tweet that, like, nah, it's not happening. They're uh, they're both going to Brooklyn. That's and the thing so- is, we got pump faked. We got, like, like yo, D-Wade had the best motherfucking pump, cake, pump fake in the fucking game. That's what happened. You know why? Because the, the fucking news dropped that KD's going to announce his decision on his Instagram. The boardroom or whatever. I think they nearly tripled their Instagram follower account. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think that news sat for, like, an hour. You know what I mean? That shit, like, ruminated for a little bit. Or, like, everybody's just, like, getting hyped because, like, people honestly did not expect them to make a decision on the very first day of free agency. It wasn't yeah, even I on the first like, day. It was hours before. It, it was before Freedom's even started. No, but it was a Sunday, though, June 30. But, I mean, regardless, the whole point is just, like, that news drops, he's going to make a decision on Instagram. And not even maybe, like, two hours later, fucking Woj, Chris Haynes, they all drop the news. Katie's going to Brooklyn. He's a net. You know Free what I mean? Free started like, at 6 p.m., and he dropped that Woj bomb at, to, on us at, like, 4.30 or 4 o'clock. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? Yo, it felt like... So nothing will compare to that, just that shock and awe of the KP trade, just given the situation. You know I mean, our individual situations, where we were when that happened, but, like, this shit was a gut punch, gut punch bro. Like, yeah. pardon, but um, it, was, it felt like Mike Tyson himself just punched me square in the jaw and just, like, decided to kick me while I was down. All right, well, Honestly. <laughs> while, while we're on the topic, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of a backstory of uh, 
where you were, how you felt, and uh, you know how you what you had to do to get over it. If you're, if I mean, you're, just, if you've gotten yeah. over it, yeah. This uh, turned into just a one-on-one therapy session. This, this, with is just, therapy. Like, this happens, this is exactly He's completely. What just, that's what we were already doing, bro. Yeah. But um, are you laying down on a couch? Not exactly, but <laughs> um, where were you? How about that? I mean, put me on the spot. But uh, no, nah, I was just at the crib. I was doing exactly what every other NBA fan was doing at the time, like just aimlessly looking at their phone, refreshing the Twitter feed. Like a fucking drug addict, basically. Like a dope fiend, honestly. And then like, it just hit. And then when you got Twitter, like, notifications set up, and, like, I got both our account, our Nickish podcast, and, like, a personal account set up. So I got the notification, like, twice over. And just, like, I swear to God, I almost dropped my phone. I honestly don't even remember. It just felt, like, shock and awe, basically, bro. Like, not, not to the level of the KP trade, but it was just... We let ourselves hope, you know what I mean? And there was a point there, I know going back to the KP trade episode where I was like, yo, it sounds like we got it in the bag. We got the two big fish in the bag. And that's just going off of the information we was given at the time from legitimate, reputable sources. You know what I mean? And then to have this happen to, like, the Nets of all teams, like, you and I throughout the year, we just talked like, yo, Clippers seem like the, the number one team, you know what I mean, besides us that could get KD, you know what I mean? Like, Brooklyn wasn't even an option. Like nobody really had that, honestly, like, as a scenario that would come to fruition until, like, maybe, like, what? A month ago. So a month before, yeah, exactly, when Kyrie, when all the Kyrie to the broken smoke happened. And then here we were thinking, like, nah, that was a smoke screen. Is it, you know, look at we was a smoke screen for a little bit, man, with KD to the Knicks. Like, I don't know. I mean, what was you? Well, I mean, when it all happened, when it all went down. Give us a play-by-play. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, like it's just the, the the thought the thought process about it. Like I was driving, uh, I was at work, but I was driving to basically the what I do on Sundays. I'm I'm working at different like locations. So I'm, I'm I was in the middle of driving from one location to another, and I'm not on my phone, but I kept hearing my phone vibrate. As different people, especially you, you kept messaging me like, "Yo, bro, like, yo, like, yo, you gotta like Kyrie to the Nets, Kevin Durant, like everybody. All the reporters are now switching." Sides doing complete 180s because even the even a few weeks even a few days before everybody was saying not nah, Kyrie is going is probably gonna go to the Brooklyn Nets but Kevin Durant is okay with coming by himself so we felt a little bit we had a sense of security that we're probably gonna get Kevin Durant he'll be uh you know he'll just rehab for a year and then come back with the and play with the kids for whatever reason we just we just kept telling ourselves that and while I'm driving like you like particularly you, you kept blowing my phone up and I started seeing all the tweets from different reputable reporters saying, looks like Kevin Durant to Brooklyn Nets or, you know, I'd bet, I'd bet Kevin Durant is going to Brooklyn Nets. Speaking of bets, remember when Bill Simmons says he'll bet the house on Kevin Durant, Kyrie comes to the Knicks? That, oh. That son of a bitch, bro. <laughs> he, that bastard. He probably that knew rat. the whole time. Uh, I'll take his goddamn house. He, if he actually put that bet down, let me get the fucking Simmons household. Get out of here. Are you kidding me? So, so I'm driving to another branch for the, for the company that I work at on weekends, and I start freaking out in the car. I'm just like, "Fuck! There's no way. There's absolutely no way. Nah, this is just a smoke screen. This is just Kevin Durant trying to toy with us. We have t- far too many reasons for him to come to New York. But at the same time, I was just like, "All right, if he doesn't come to the Knicks, let it be any other team besides Brooklyn." 
because that that's like the biggest slap to the face that you could that there could be if he spur if if everything that he did was to come to New York we all just mentally assumed it was a Knicks he would come to Brooklyn yeah. and he'll get everything that we talked about for a whole year uh but it would just be in Brooklyn just not our team it'll be that fucking little brother ass team that just joined New York like not even six seven years ago so I got to the branch and then you know I started working and then the tweets came and it's just like you know, Woj saying like Kevin Durant is officially gonna sign with the with the Brooklyn Nets, and that was it. I just I shut down right there, and I was just, I just sat alone in my corner and I just tried to process it. I was like, "There's no, this shit can't be happening." And then right before no. that was Kyrie. Right before that, he had the tweet about Kyrie. I'm like, "All right, fuck, that's one domino." And it was Kevin Durant, and I'm like, "Yo, this is this is not happening." It just goes back to like. Because, like, the recent reporting is that Kyrie to Brooklyn was destined. And like like you mentioned, it was, like, the reporting at the time said KD's not going to be recruited. You know, he's still, like, deciding between Knicks and, like, was it Clippers and Nets, right? And then, I don't know, I think what just fucked, was just more fucked up was, like, all right, we all mentally, once, like, the news dropped that KD's going to drop it that night, there was no specific time given. It was, like, he's going to announce it, like, tonight or whatever that day. Um, on his Instagram, right? So then we're all like, it kind of, I kind of let my guard down. I was like, all right, we're give us a little bit of time to prepare, you know? Because like I was anxious as shit, you know? What's that tweet just fucking drop? What's that news drop? Like, yo, we have a deadline now. It's all like by the end of the night, we're gonna know where KD's playing. The whole hopes that a Knicks franchise could just be flipped on its head, you know what I mean? Within a few hours, basically. But not know this motherfucker. Whoa, it's just slimy fuck. He's so fucking good at his job that it just makes you want to not like him. <laughs> you, you see have, just... have you seen the cover art to his to his podcast no it's, it's just this, he's on a phone it's him on a phone like he, he like he's on a phone call that's <laughs> that's the cover art to Woj's podcast he's on a phone yo, talking why... to somebody a piece of shit yo why did i think you was gonna tell me is his cover up like him dunking over somebody like him dunking over shams or some shit oh, like... this dude's on a phone <laughs> Like, let me know what well, he got a sense of humor, but nah, <laughs> he's on a phone. That's that's his territory. That's he's a Michael Jordan of like holding two phones at once to like ask people for info. <laughs> but um, nevertheless, he just comes out of nowhere. KD to the to the fucking Nets. Like, like you said, our both like shared feeling, mutual feeling. It's like yo, fuck the Nets. That's just like we'll, we'll try to come off as objective as possible when it comes to the Knicks and the NBA, but just. We're still fans at the end of the day, and just, like, the Knicks fan in me cannot, like, just cannot let go of that Nets hate. I'm going to be real with it. The same way with a team like the Celtics. Like, them two teams, like, my favorite players can go anywhere, uh, like, aside from those two teams. And then just KD and Kyrie going to the Nets. I mean, I kind of shat on it earlier, just like, yo, KD's going to be out for a year, basically. But... It's still Kevin Durant, bro. Like, the same, like, it's just going to be hypocritical of me and especially us to just be, like, you know, downplaying them getting KD. It's a big fucking deal despite the Achilles. Like, the same reason we were optimistic if we were to get him with an Achilles injury, you know what I mean? Like, props to the Nets, as begrudging as that is, you know? At the end of the day, we're grown. Like, it can be fair and say, like, yo, good, good shit. They did it. They did exactly what we thought we were going to do for the whole year. But just fuck them at the same time, you know? <laughs> I'm going to just keep it all the way real. Yeah, they they basically just hijacked our entire plan. Uh, I mean... Yeah, and then I, I convinced myself that Chris Carter was, like, totally legit. That, like, you know what? Our plan really is Kawhi and KD. Even more <laughs> of a pipe dream, and then just... 
And then, you know, two days before, two, three days before free agency started, I was just like, now nah, I'm backing off. It looks like Kawhi's going to, what was it, the Raptors at the time? They were looking at the Lakers for a bit. Yeah. And then news started breaking out that Scott Perry and Steve Mills weren't even in New York, that they were already on their way to Los Angeles to talk to Julius Randle. And, like, yeah, you know, no disrespect I, to Julius Randle, but he's clearly not even a plan B. He was probably probably a plan C. Um, exactly. No, nah, honestly, I feel like he was, like, a main target, though. Like, it, like for weeks, like, leading up to free agency, though, like, we were connected to Julius, to yes, be fair. to, you know to I mean? Steve Mills and to Scott Perry, he was probably a plan B. To you and I and to most Knicks fans, he was, like, a plan C. And then the same hour that we find out that Kevin Durant and Kyrie are signed to Brooklyn Nets, are signing with the Brooklyn Nets, we find out that our two guys aren't anywhere close, and we even get a meeting with him. We weren't even close to getting him, like, as, as close as we thought, and they're already on the, like, on the Wait, other who, coast. KD, nah, I mean, the report came out that we had, like, because KD didn't meet with teams. It was, like, conference calls. So we did technically have a phone call with him, just like every other team, because he was housed in New York. So, like, there was no reports of, like, anybody from the Clippers flying to New York to meet with KD. I think it was all just, like, calls. And that's what the reporting says. I mean... Not totally sure, but I feel like we did not meet with him technically, but just like speak to him. And then once like it became clear we wasn't getting him, they just hopped on the plane to handle business in LA. And what we saw once the KD news became official, the the signings came fast and furious. So if it came that quick, I was I've just been thinking that like maybe for a time Perry and Mills already knew that KD like was leaning towards not coming, you know. So that's why these deals came quick, but. I forgot what my point was, but yeah, <laughs> go ahead. You can take you can take it over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I don't even know what I was gonna say after that, but um. Oh yeah, Julius Randle. I mean, no, I was just gonna interject and say like, now I'm a big fan of Julius Randle. So I mean, technically, by the by the you know a few days before free agency started, I already was mentally prepared for the likelihood that Kyrie's Brooklyn net found. So it's already in my head. I was like, all right, we'll get a hurt KD, we'll get Julius, and like him and the kids will like run shit for a year, you know. Yep. So I was already thinking like, yeah, Randall, we got him. And like even go back to our last episode, we were kind of us two and Scooch from uh, Empire Sports would kind of just throw around the idea of Randall and just discuss it. So I mean, if I recall, I was the most like you know pro Julius dude there. Not that not that that y'all were like shitting on him, but you know. That's my guy, man. Even no, when we had sh- KP, I was, I'm not I was thinking. On at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm just being a Randall stand right now because like, when we had KP, I was like, yo, Randall's a perfect fit for them. For him, you know what I mean? Like a power forward that could rebound the shit out of the ball, bully people inside while like you stretch five. But I mean, that's, so, that's neither here nor there. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad we got Randall, you know? We, I, I think we have to clarify the whole report because. Uh, and I, I, you know which report I'm talking about. As soon as, like, a few hours after the Kevin Durant signing to Brooklyn Nets news came out, there were reports that came out that people were interpreting it as uh, the Knicks front office, namely James Dolan, saying that oh, we weren't even gonna we weren't even gonna sign Kevin Durant anyway because of his injury. We wanted to sign him at less than the max. So let's let's clarify that right now for everybody listening that that wasn't really the case. So. Why don't you why don't you go ahead and uh, explain it, explain that like particular report about that? Um, with the KD uh, Dolan and the yeah, the fact like, that like oh, yeah, yeah. it's not that we weren't gonna offer him below the max or like it it looked like we were just trying to show face not show face but like kind of just like kind of stick one back at at KD and it's just like no, nah, yeah, we, we didn't yeah, need him right, anyway. So it wasn't it wasn't like that. But yeah, go ahead. 
No, it wasn't that yet. So, like, when the original report dropped, that's what it looked like. But then Woj himself and Ramona both clarified on ESPN Television Live. Like, those clips are out there, so this isn't bullshit. But they clarified that, like, it wasn't leaked by Dome for face-saving. And to be fair, Woj has a history of tearing the Knicks down, so why would they leak something to him? You know what I mean? Like, he had, like, from the years, you could just, if you follow NBA reporting and just kind of into the weeds with it, you know, you could tell Woj isn't really... He doesn't really have fond feelings for the Knicks, you know what I mean? It doesn't really seem like he has direct connected to him. And he's also mad tied with Isola, the dude that trolls the Knicks all mm-hmm. the time, you know what I mean? So for him to come out and just clarify and say, like, no, this isn't like some petty shit where Dolan is trying to save face and in the process make himself look bad. It was legitimately they had hesitation about giving him a max until they saw medical reports, you know what I mean? Like his medical's straight up. But what Woj and Ramona both clarified was that KD was already set on the Nets and – yeah, the report basically wasn't leaked to, like, save face for Dolan or, like, make the Nets look – or make us look better. But it was just – yeah, basically there was hesitation to give him a max. And honestly, there was hesitation with the whole basketball world. There was an obvious topic of discussion. Would you give KD a max coming off the worst injury a basketball player could have? You know, I don't think that could be stated enough. Like, it's not like – you got to realize this is Dolan that's, like, has seen, like, Antonio McDice, Amari, Allen Houston, all get big money and break down. You know what I mean? So if there's one person in the world that, like, would be would just be justified in being wary of giving a max contract to even a dude of Kevin Durant's caliber, I think it's Dolan. And I hate to sound like I'm defending Dolan, but it's a fair proposition. And, you know, we had discussed just privately that, like, that article that I was um, posting and toasting by Shwini Poo is a, it's a really good, like, Nick's follow on Twitter if you haven't already followed him, but yeah, he laid out a position that like, nah, we shouldn't go after KD, you know. So, I mean, it's I just I just hate the idea of defending Dolan basically, but it's to be fair, like it was a kind of a justified position for him to even just be thorough with giving a dude a contract like that. But that's basically reporting itself, and I mean, just going back to KD, I mean, not even KD, but just like our plan B. I mean, you want to touch on that or? Well, before, before we do, let's uh, let's kind of talk about why we think it it went it went down the way it went down. Why we think Kyrie and Kevin Durant didn't actually end up on the Knicks? Because I I wholeheartedly believe that we did have a very solid chance at signing them, um, and then you know last last second last minute, um, it kind of just switched to the Brooklyn Nets. I I, I wholeheart if not Kyrie then Kevin Durant definitely I believe. Uh, was eyeing the Knicks and actually legitimately wanted to join the team and be its franchise player. So a series of things had to happen for it to not work out the way it did. Most importantly was the the Golden State Warriors kind of forcing Kevin Durant to play or allowing him to play. Kevin Durant w- would want to play regardless. Any player would, especially in the NBA Finals. But the fact that they let him play despite a calf injury, which caused him to get an Achilles injury, which made him basically out for the season, that had a whole domino effect to us not... Right. At least I believe, this is all speculation, I believe is why we... Or, and I know you agree with me. Uh, we both believe that, that that was a big reason why we didn't end up with Kevin Durant. I mean, for what's been reported, Kyrie's been, like, the driving force, and Kyrie got infatuated with the Nets, and I think it was Bobby Portis himself, like a Nick player we just signed. I mean, we'll get to that, but... He had said just the word around amongst players since around February time was that Kyrie and KD were teaming up on the Nets, you know? 
And if you go back to around that time, the all-star break time, you could, that video came out where Kyrie and KD are talking about two max spots. You know what I mean? They're vacationing in Miami together. So I'm, I'm not, I'm inclined to believe Bobby, obviously there's no reason for him to lie, but basically he was saying that like the media and the fans didn't know. But at that time, that's when it quote unquote got decided and set in stone that they're coming to the Nets. Like, and if you recall, they were, they don't mention this, like they got, they were vacationing in Miami and all that shit. So, I mean, just going off that and just what's been reported, Kyrie got just infatuated with the Nets and it goes back to like Spencer Dinwiddie of all people recruiting him because I think it was before the season they both took a class at Harvard together or something like that and they just hit it off and Spencer's been recruiting him throughout the season and there's there's no tampering violation amongst players so that went on and Kyrie apparently pivoted from like you know trying to get himself to the Knicks to the Nets and Kyrie's Knicks infatuation it's been reported for a while now, it goes back two years when, like, he demanded our Cleveland. We were originally one of the four teams on his list that he wanted to go to, right? So, I could see, like, obviously, it, it all lines up the timeline that Spencer and him, like, after Kyrie's first season in Boston, they take a class together. He they become cool. He recruits them, and then KD and not KD, Kyrie's the one that goes to KD and convinces him to come to Brooklyn. You know, and my theory is basically once KD got hurt. It kind of took away his advantage in terms of like who would convince who to go where, you know. Like mm-hmm. if they were both healthy, KD being who he is, the obviously better player, you know, obviously more like clout basically amongst those two guys. I think he could have swayed Kyrie to come to the to the Knicks side, because from what's everything been that's been reported, I'm gonna keep repeating that because I'm not I don't want to sound like we're too biased fans putting out like fan fiction out there, but KD was still had eyes for the Knicks. Um, he's been eyeing the Knicks for a while. It's been that smoke didn't come out of nowhere. You know, I'm not, I'm going to keep relying on the fact that these reporters since like October, November have been talking about KD to the Knicks whispers. And it became like KD to the like Knicks, like fucking not even whispers. Like what's the opposite of whispers? Like screams, screams. Yeah. Basically squeakers, yells, whatever the fuck that shouts. Basically. So I think, what it comes down to is KD was hurt. He didn't have the juice to, like, convince Kyrie to come when he's hurt. You know what I mean? And Kyrie probably was a keen on playing with a, re- a team that just won 17 games uh, in a season without KD. So, obviously, the Nets are coming off a better season. They had a feisty 42-win season in a playoff spot. Kudos to them because to them or to Kyrie and KD, it showed that they've got a competitive, like, base in place or the start of one, and they could just slot themselves in as two superstars and bring them to the next level, you know? Right. So... Basically, that's what it comes down to. KD got hurt and changed the course of Knicks history forever, and I'm going to forever hold a grudge against the Warriors for that. Best belief. Fuck them. Two other things I want to add on to to that point and why Kyrie was probably interested in the Nets. Uh, I I actually didn't know about the Spencer Dinwiddie Harvard class, though, so that's interesting. That's new to me. Um, He he was born in Jersey. Apparently, he always had an infatuation with the, the Nets, especially while they were in Jersey, his hometown. So... He always had, I, I guess, because all the videos now is, you know, welcome home, even though he's not from Brooklyn. It's, I guess home would be the Nets franchise. Uh, that's one. The other thing is that, you know, we got to, you kind of touched on it a little bit. The Nets organization right now, at least in the last year or two, has been better than the Knicks. Their players right now are, I guess you can say to a point, are better because they did make the playoffs. They did give up a lot of the players who had the best net rating, so that we're going to see how that plays out this season. Um, but 
we do have to give credit where credit is due. They were the laughing stock of the NBA, like not even three, four years ago when um, they had no picks uh, because they gave it all up to Boston and they had garbage players. And then they started doing the right things. They took on bad contracts, big contracts like Timothy Mozgov, D'Angelo Russell, and getting draft picks and just loading it up. They had Kenny Atkinson as a great coach um, and they developed those players. So they they were doing the right things at the right time, which is which is what the Knicks organization should learn from and just kind of move forward like that the way the Clippers did as well because they did make the playoffs even though they lost their big three of Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre. Speaking of DeAndre, that was a cherry on top, the fact that he left the Knicks to go to Brooklyn. That that one stung a little too because we, we kind of wanted him to stay around for to help develop Mitch. But Yeah, um, we wind and dine him since like, we got him in February. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was basically brought upon the for the recruiting aspect and i mean apparently that's been reported too that uh deandre was there he took a look around the nets or not the nets the knicks saw that we were tanking about on destined for the last you know worst record in the, in the league and went to his boys kd and Kyrie. said let's let's hop to the team that just made the playoffs you know and this is all fair you know like and it, it sucks like you said the deandre mitch buddy cop show is it's only have, gonna have one season, one half a season, and then get renewed for the second season. Kind of sucks, but yeah, go on. I mean, let's. Uh, I can't. I can't wait for Mitch to dunk on him. Now, we're gonna have multiple opportunities to see that. I need to see like Dennis post-prize him. Honestly, <laughs> that would be beautiful. All right. <laughs> so okay. So moving moving forward. Um, before we talk about the players that we actually did end up signing, uh. We gotta talk about the media, man. All I I know, and I know some people kind of consider us kind of the media, but we just we we're not actual reporters. We're we're not experts we're at not, all. We're not we're not, we're not well, anywhere who close. Who considers to... media? Who considers media? What the fuck? <laughs> I've, I've I've been told like, but you're media. I'm like, shut up. Um, but basically, <laughs> as soon as Kevin Durant signed with the Brooklyn Nets, all of NBA Twitter is not about the Nets. Uh, it's all about the Knicks, and it's all you know. Clicks for Knicks, LOL Knicks. Uh, you guys fucked up again. Uh, you guys don't know what you're doing, and it's just it was it just became a common theme throughout all all sports media, ESPN, Yahoo, Nate, you name it. And they were talking about like, oh, poor Knicks, they didn't get it. Yeah, yes, poor Knicks, we didn't get what we wanted, but also. They're, you know, they say shit like, oh, the Knicks front office promised Kevin Durant. They promised Kyrie Irving. They didn't get it. They they don't they don't know how to do their jobs. They're not doing it right. And it's just like, and it's and it's been like ten days, and there's st- and we still see posts like that. And I know you and I like, whenever we see a, a really dumb post, we're gonna respond to these guys, and we're gonna just gonna try to put them in their spot and just be like, like, you know, you're just obviously trolling, or you don't know what you're talking about. So like really the only way you know we we talked about it privately you mentioned it it's like the only way that that can really stop at this point is us winning games yeah and to be honest with you like i don't want to just end up sounding too pissy and too salty i mean like that's that's it right there like we knew like if we missed out like internally at least we both knew that like if we missed out on katie and curry the jokes would come flowing you know not the jokes that annoys me. It's just like the, just like a lot of the jokes coming from the dudes that all throughout the season were saying, "Oh, KD to Kyrie, KD and Kyrie to the Knicks is a lock." You know what I mean? And then it didn't happen. So they're the ones that are the same ones that are throwing jokes. But what happened to you guys? Like Stephen A. Smith, this dude is just, like 
he's an act, honestly. Like, I don't get myself yeah. too worked up, worked yeah. up about like him and Max Kellerman because I know at the end of the day it's all an act. It's disingenuous. Like the characters. But Stephen A. Like, it's just I hate the fact that people just go back to like if they want to get a pulse, quote unquote, of the Knicks fanhood or the fan base, they bring in Stephen A. Like as if he's our mascot. Like he's he's the prime minister. We voted him in. You know what I mean? Nah. Like that dude's an actor and. It's fucking over the top. He's talking about, like, no, we need to say fuck patience and all that. And it goes back to just, like, with the Knicks and the media, if it's not based in rationale or facts, it's just, at this point, let's just not even acknowledge it. But, like, for a while now, we've been going on Twitter, going in on the stupid people. But it is what it is at this point. It's just they got an axe to grind and, like, like, like the hashtag is on Twitter and that makes it clicks, right? Like, it is what it is. It just, the, the Knicks are getting more attention for missing out on two stars and the Nets are getting attention for getting both fucking Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's wild to me. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, all right. Hot take. Who's going to sell more tickets next season? I mean, still the Knicks. Yeah. Okay. KD's not even playing next season. You know what I mean? Like Kyrie got the juice like that. They're like the last in attendance. I mean, that's probably exaggeration, but they down there. You know what I mean? Like, it's it like, yo, you probably seen this tweet. It was just like something along the lines of like, oh, absolute chaos out here in front of Barclays Center after the KD <laughs> yeah, signing. And it was just like a mother pushing a stroller with her baby in it in front of Barclays Center. Could you imagine if yo. that, like, we got KD and Kyrie, you would have motherfuckers hanging off lampposts, you know what I mean, <laughs> trying to steal the, steal the fucking MSG big board outside of the fucking building. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been a madhouse. All the KD jerseys are still up for sale. <laughs> Exactly, and like, yeah, obviously this will obviously help them like build their fan base as it should. I mean, you got two all stars coming in. Like, if they don't be selling out anytime soon with their next two three years, it's that's a that's a problem. That's a bad look, you know. But as of now, still in Knicks town, and yeah, I mean, what more can you say? Like, props to the Nets, but it's fucking ridiculous, bro. I, <laughs> that tweet is fucking hilarious. Like, there's nobody out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So now you know we got past KD Kyrie signing that we missed out on. Uh, we talked about the media. Now we got to talk about our actual signees. We got a handful of them. Six players, I believe. One of them is kind of well. One that might not be actual an actual signee, but we're gonna name him for for this purpose right now because he's still technically signed with the Knicks. But Number one, we have Julius Randle, uh, three-year contract, third being a team option. I, I believe it's $63 million. I don't have the exact numbers on me. Um, we got Taj Gibson. We got Wayne Ellington. We got Alfred Payton. We got Reggie Bullock, who's a guy who might not be part of the Knicks soon. Um, and we got one more. Who am I missing? Uh, oh, Bobby Portis. Yeah, how could you forget old crazy eyes, man? <laughs> Basically, we got three big men and uh, two shooters. And possibly, I mean, the latest news and you know, rumblings is we're going after Marcus Morris. Yeah. Who, um, he initially, uh, it's kind of grimy. He initially agreed to a two-year deal with the Spurs. They traded a Davis Burton, like a little KP mini-me they got over there. Not a mini-me, but like a KP clone. He's from Latvia, like, He's big and white, could shoot threes. Sounds about they right. They shipped him. Yeah, so they shot. They shipped him to Washington, and he's been a good shooter for a senator for the last two years. So I'm surprised they gave him up, and they traded him for the sole intent of making space for Marcus Morris. 
But that trade's done. It happened. You know what I mean? But Marcus Morris, he only verbally agreed with the Spurs, similar to the DeAndre Jordan situation in 2015 when he just reneged on the Mavs and went back to the Clippers. Yep. Uh, so Morris renegs on the, the Spurs, and it's not official yet, but it's looking like he might take a one-year deal, $15 million from us, the Knicks, while we um, rework the deal with Bullock, who failed his physical. So, yeah, it might all told be seven free agency signings. So, yeah, I mean, for, I guess for the case of this exercise, we can't really count Morris yet, but once that's official, we'll talk on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you want, to, you want me to get started on Randall? I mean, the, per, the positives and all that? Or? Uh, all right, well, let's start with the with the smaller players, Wayne Ellington and uh, Alfred Payton and uh, Reggie Bullock. Those are probably the, the three of the more smaller signees, literally and, you know, figuratively. Um they Alfred Payne, I don't, I, I'm not really too big on him. He's, he gets the, he gets the most random triple doubles. Not a good shooter. He's just gonna take minutes away from Frank and Dennis. This is like his fourth team, at this point. So I'm not really quite sure why we signed. We're kind of loaded up on the guard spot Scott right now. Scott Perry, Scott um, Perry, he drafted him in Orlando. Oh, he was part of the front office that drafted him. Uh, we've been connected to Payton since about like going back to the trade deadline where we traded for Moody. Apparently, we were in talks with um. I think it was Orlando at the time for Peyton. Instead, he went to Phoenix for a second-round pick. We got Moutier. So, I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm going to take Peyton over Moutier. Um, probably ten times out of ten. Because, oh, like, sure. I mean, Moutier did improve, you know. But the, the, I think I, I think the logic behind getting him, honestly, was just – and it's been reported, too. They kind of want to bring him in as competition for either Dennis or Frank. So, it's going to be like a three-way competition for the starting point guard. And I think regardless, um, my personal take is – and hope, obviously, for – the the season is just Dennis runs away with the job and he wins it and Peyton becomes a backup, you know, and use Frank as like a Swiss Army knife off the bench. But um, I'm not mad at the Peyton signing. It's a one-year deal, basically, with a second-year uh, team option. Um, from I mean, you mentioned he's a terrible shooter. That's a fact. He's absolute garbo as a shooter and a scorer. But um, he's feisty on defense. I like that. And he's a, he's a good passer, honestly. He's a little turnover-prone, but... I like that he gets guys involved. He's he's not selfish. Um, the thing about Moody, it was just he could get assists, you know, but he was more so, like, looking to score, you know? So, I mean, if we're looking at, at an ideal fit for Moody as a player, he's more so like a combo guard off the bench that could kind of bring, like, a spark, you know? Well, Payton, I feel like he's more of a he'll set the table for other guys, you know what I mean? Um, he'll get in the paint. It's not like he'll he's going to light it up, light up the scoreboard and just, like, yam it on dudes in the paint, but he could get in there. He could get into the teeth of defense and just keep shit moving, run pick and rolls, right? So now, correct me it, if it I'm never, wrong. He played with Julius Randle last season with the Pelicans. I don't know if that was. Yeah, so, I don't know if he played with Pelicans two seasons ago or last season, but I'm pretty sure he played with Randle yeah. last season. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So they they got that chemistry down. Yeah. Um, I like the signing Peyton. I like um, honestly, I like all these signings. I mean, we did a whole episode. The literally the last episode we did was just like our like constellation plan you know what i mean like what would we do if we struck out on the big fish so um a lot of the weaknesses that it let me start by saying gotta give scott Perry credit because we struck out on the big fish he used our cap space to maintain flexibility for the future by only doing one-year deals it's only julius that's locked up for the next two seasons like guaranteed you know what i mean and hit the third year on his deal is third third what was it third year team option so yep. 
basically just going back to my point is Scott Perry did well just because like he addressed our weaknesses. You know, three point shooting. We got that in Bullock and Wayne and Wayne Ellington. We got big man depth. You know, we went from just Vonley having a half nice season or half a nice season to Randall Portis, uh, Taj who. Like, DeAndre has a defensive reputation, but he honestly looked washed last year. But Taj was still useful. I mean, all of Minnesota's best defensive lineups last year, I think, statistically, included Taj Gibson in the lineup. And he's a heady veteran, you know, a tough guy. So, I like that signing. But, yeah, if we're, if we're going this one by one, Peyton, I think the logic behind it is he's going to push our, our young point guards to better themselves and, you know, push them as competition in training camp for, like, that starting job. But... I think at the end of the day, he ends up as a solid backup for us. And, I mean, it's always good to have depth, right? So, I mean, did I sell you on Peyton a little bit, yeah. or are you just going back to No, no, to I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, like, that down on him. He's I, As long as, like, I mean, it it is biased. I really like Frank. I, I like to see him succeed. Uh, I was telling you that yesterday's kid from, from Toronto, Chris Bucher, I don't know if you got a chance to, like, watch him play, but he looks like the kind of guy that we want Frank to eventually become. He has that lanky like they they look a lot like each other and he got shot he got dunks he plays very good defense so i'm hoping frank could you know develop into a guy like that i I feel like he got taller this season too i feel like he might actually be six seven i mean to be fair that was a chris is it chris buker or chris boucher or (laughs) boucher chris boucher yeah who the hell is chris buker that's a reporter right no, that's Rick Buker. That's Rick Buker. I was like, okay, yeah, I Chris. was tripping balls. Like, <laughs> my man, Rick Buker, <laughs> traded out the suit for some fucking shorts, and he's like, no, Chris Boucher. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I feel that. But uh, to be fair, it's summer league. Got to go back to that. But honestly, the thing with Frank is he's been two disappointing years. Let's be fair. And going back to last season, he's one of the worst offensive players in the league. So I think the whole idea about bringing vets in, guys, that we touched on this before, that could bring in, like, winning habits, you know, like make the team competitive and just help teach a young team to win. We touched on that with Scooch. Like, that, there's value in that. So we bring in these guys that, like, prove, them, prove themselves capable, basically, through their NBA career to, you know, contribute, you know, show pro-level pro, pro level skills. So I think it's it's only going to be good, especially with Frank, to have that competition drive them because it's what Fizz said last year, right? You eat what you kill, basically. I like that mentality going in. We deep. Right. Okay. Um, Wayne Ellington, great shooter. You need shooters on the team. The Knicks did not have that last season. Reggie Bullock is uh, – do you know how old Reggie Bullock is now? I think he's like 28, 29. Oh, really? Okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, like he's a little 25. older. Um, uh, he can push Dot. You know, may uh, hopefully if Dot's still on the team, he'll he'll push him. He'll learn. You know, th- uh, a shooter guy, some good defense. He's you know he's he's a, he's a whatever signing. Um, Taj Gibson, I like Bobby Portis, I like and Randall, I like Randall. We'll we'll get to him. Bobby Portis could be next. He uh. He played very sparingly when he was with the Bulls, but when he did play, he played very well. And then last season on the Wizards, he show, he showed a three-point shot. He's good offensively. Defensively, he's not very good. But he's young enough to be able to learn how to play better defense and just play like a big man. And he, and as well as a lot of the other guys that we mentioned earlier, they bring that toughness that we kind of want to instill into the young guys. And 
like you, you know you know better than I do that New York loves it when the players are tough and they're getting each other and getting everyone's faces ready to start fights even when Ennis Canner was doing it to a point um when he got on LeBron's face that was nice I loved it Frank got on LeBron's yeah, face but, like that kind of yeah, shit that was, that, <laughs> that's what the New York crowd loves and if they if they're bringing guys like that who can do that often at MSG that's that's a way to develop the current young squad young core that we're you know building up on the Knicks team. This is like this time we'll have actual legitimate tough guys and not like fake ones like <laughs> tough, like Kenner, like performative motherfuckers. They can like make that, eye contact this time. Yeah, exactly. We'll get Marcus Morris in here and he'll actually beat the shit out of a dude by ripping his arm out of his sock and like hitting him with it. Like, <laughs> give me Marcus Morris, bro. Like, I don't want to go into him too much. Obviously, he's not on the team yet, but yo, it never hurts to have good players. And Morris, just like his two years of Monster Show, but he was a good player. He's tough as nails. So, to your to your credit, like. We seem to be stacking up on those dudes. And, like, I think Perry released a statement commenting on the official signings. And he mentioned that they all bring toughness, like the attitude they want in, in a team. So, um, so rounding that back to Portis, like, first of all, like, I remember when we had Kurt Thomas, dude had the crazy eyes. So it's good to see his legacy is suddenly back in the garden. You know what I mean? Bobby Portis. That dude will look like. I don't know, bro. It looks like he'll kill you with his bare hands to get a layup. <laughs> you know what I mean? He'll drop the ball on the ground, pick you up by your throat, strangle you, throw your carcass, your limp carcass into the stands, and then grab the ball and dunk it. Like, he's ferocious. You know what I mean? I like the aggressiveness. I mean, you touched on his defense is trash. And I think, honestly, he's given the two-year track record of, track record of Scott Perry and just like Fizdo last year, that one-year track record. I think they value like guys that provide offensive like ability and versatility, and then they kind of want to coach them up on defense, you know? So they get all these guys that are potential to be good defenders, and they're going to rely on the player development and the coaching staff to like, you know, teach them. And from what we see from Mitch, it's working. Like he went from like this foul prone and like you know jumpy and shit last year to like looking like a legit defensive force, you know? So now I I, I don't know too much about I don't know too much about that. Mitch Mitch Robinson came in as I don't want to say he came in like that. Obviously, he has some development and some growth, but I, the Knicks are going to be a bottom five defensive team this season for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, but at least we'll be entertaining. Like, no, absolutely. Yeah, they're going to be entertaining. They're going to be learn how to play better offense, better team ball, get that aggressive, aggressive like toughness. Um, but defensively, is, I, I don't know. I don't know if Fizdell is that good of a defensive coach. I, I, I do you know the name of our defensive coordinator or defensive coach? I mean, they don't really have like. From what I what's been reported, they don't really have any positional designations like that for the sure. defensive coaches. I think they're all come from like play development background. But to your to to like Fizzle's credit, he does come from the Miami culture. I don't think people should forget that. Um, they're defensive oriented. They're all about conditioning and like focusing on defense. And going back to his time in Memphis, like it's not like the Grizzlies fell off defensively when he took over. They were a playoff team, and he kind of you know going to. Mike Conley's credit, like who was already a really great defender, he helped turn Conley into a great pick and roll player on offense. You know, more ball dominant and shit like that. So, I, I'm still not. I feel like there's a segment of Nick fans out there that are just down on Fizzo generally. I, I kind of want to give him a mulligan for last season. There's no, no talent team. We're clearly set up to tank. Let's see, like, but now though, it's a different case. Like, yeah. the, all eyes on Fizzo, and um. I don't know. Like to your point, like we're gonna be bottom five defense again. I'm wouldn't be so sure. We could be bottom ten, honestly, because like Randall has shown in LA the emphasis of chops. You know, I mentioned before he 
pretty much gave zero fucks on defense last season on the Pelicans. But I do remember his last season in LA, a lot of like reporters and just like where articles were written about his defensive versatility, how improved he looked on that end. And for a while, the stats looked good too, the advanced like defensive metrics. So I think he's only 24. I, I could see Frizzo unlocking that, you know, and Peyton is showing defensive credibility. Bullock is solid defensively. Um, if he's healthy enough to play on um, Taj Gibson, obviously his whole legacy since he's been in the NBA is defensive oriented, you know, and I think he'll be the mentor of the team. And it's always good to have that voice on the team that can kind of be a coach on the floor and also from the sidelines, you know, so I think he's a great mentor for Mitch. And, you know, we, we, sh- I shared that screenshot with you. Like the, I think it was the website 538, who's an affiliate of ESPN. They created a new defensive metric yep. and the acronym is Draymond which is wild. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they did that on purpose or it just kind of came out like that. 100% on purpose. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> but um, the number one in their metric was uh, Derek Favors. Number two was Mitch. And after his rookie year, after playing no organized basketball for a year prior, he didn't even play college ball. You know what I mean? So, if, like, if he's already progressing at that level, he already looks like a grown man amongst men at Summer League, bro. But if he keeps progressing and then – Taj Gibson kind of coaches. Taj Gibson kind of coaches him up. Fizzle unlocks him a little bit more. Like, I think like just Mitch can cover a lot of mistakes, bro. I I, could, I think he's not at that level yet where he's a certified anchor on defense. Could just cover for anybody and just be the that force down low yet. But I think we'll see enough flashes to where we could avoid being one of the worst defensive teams. But I might just be an optimist in that regard. I don't know. Uh, maybe. How about Wayne Ellington though? Ellington? Ennington? Ellington, great <laughs> shooter. Uh it's about it, you know. Just I mean just a great na- shooter. Name sound like a nineteen forties trumpet player. <laughs> Wayne Ellington. <laughs> Wayne Ellington. <laughs> Louis Armstrong, Wayne Ellington oh, and the man. boys. I can see I can see <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can see him out of both wearing a bow tie. Oh, yeah, man. performing a speakeasy yeah. during the prohibition era. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, Wayne Ellington. But yeah, money, money from three. He played in Miami last year, so I'm a hundred percent sure Fitz and Spolster talked about Wayne Ellington. You know, they they're so cool, probably. So it's not like it'll be like a weird fit. He's coming from a from you know Fitzdale's coaching mentor to like Fitzdale himself. So yep. I think there'll be some playing time for Wayne Ellington because a lot of the times, I mean, I think you brought up, I think in the last episode we mentioned we were the twenty or twenty fifth ranked defense, right? I think like statistically yep. speaking, last year in terms of defensive efficiency. We were also 30th offensive efficiency last year, so we needed shooting desperately last desperately last year. And but Ellington is like probably one of the best in the league. Like, quiet is kept because not a lot of like casual fans really know his name. He's been kind of bouncing around the league for a minute now. But I, I, he's a certified shooter, bro, and it's good to have those in in spades. You know, we got him, Dotson, Bullet can shoot. Um, I think Knox, yeah, Trier can shoot a little bit. I think he needs to increase his volume, but. Knox has shown a little bit of shooting touch. I think he could, if he becomes consistent in that regard this year, it could be a problem. I mean, I don't want to hype this team too much, but yeah, back to Ellington, good pickup. Yep. Could never hurt to have shooters, especially in the NBA right now. All right. So we should, we're actually going to wrap it up right now. So summer league is going on and Knicks are over three right now and not playing good. Uh, Let's let's hope they they pick it back up. We're we're gonna talk about all the summer league highlights next episode. We're gonna talk about RJ, Kevin Knox, Mitch, um, 
and all those all those guys and who the standouts are and where they can improve. We don't want to go too hard on on summer league, similar to what other or not so similar to what other media is doing outside, where they're calling RJ a bus after he played for literally like sixty four minutes of basketball and he didn't score that well. It's summer league. It's not that big a deal. Uh, don't take it too seriously, but. We're still going to break it down, what we like, what we don't like, what we think can improve on before training camp starts. Um, but that'll be on, on our next episode. Apart from that, if you don't follow us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Nickish Podcast. Subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave us a review, comment, all that. Give us a like, follow. Uh, we appreciate all listens. Um, this was the episode where we discussed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And the other free agents. We didn't really touch too much on Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard, but this is really this really was just and Paul George. Sorry, Uh, this this was really about the episode on Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and our free agency and how we did. So overall, last moment, what what grade would you give us? A, B, C, or D? Ninety five percent to quote Steve Naismith. No, wait, wait. <laughs> I don't know what you just asked me. I just wanted to just kind of throw that out there. You're asking how the offseason A letter work. grade. You got to get, you gotta get oh, no, a, no, lever, a letter grade. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I had that locked and loaded, the 95%. I had to throw that one in there. But, um, well, to be fair, we got to take at least one letter grade off by default for missing out on KD and Kyrie, just to be fair. Mm-hmm. We talked about it all year, so we're down to a B. Given all that, I give ourselves a B minus. Like, given the situation we were in, I like our plan B when we mess out on Big Fish. We we really didn't seem to pursue Kyrie. It was just more so KD and then the pipe dream of Kawhi. Once those guys ruled us out, we acted quick, maintained flexibility, um, got complementary pieces that fit the skill set of our young core. So, like, you notice we spent a lot of money, and the joke is we bought, like, was it? We brought in, like, four power forwards, soon to be five, we'll get Marcus Morris. That's a joke on NBA Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's actually retarded because – all those guys are versatile. Randall can play the four or five. Portis can play the four or five. Gibson can play the four or five. Marcus can play three or four. You know what I mean? That's like, and you notice the trend. Those are our front court players. That's because the Knicks front office, the Knicks brass, and just the coaching staff, they seem to be building the team around the young, the cheap young talent we have at the perimeter positions. We got young talent at point guard. We got young talent at shooting guard. We got young talent on the wings with Knox and RJ. You know, so it's like they. They brought in front court guys that'll complement those kids, you know, give put them in a winning situation. It's not going to be about the tank this year. I think that's that's out the window. And we're just giving the new lottery odds. That's a smart idea too. But just yeah, within context, I like the backup plan. Basically, like we got pieces that fit. And they're all one year deals except for Randall, who could be a core piece. I think he's going to have a monster year. Might be knocking on the door of All Star consideration if he actually like if we actually even semi-competitive you know what i mean like if we're like how charlotte kind of almost squeaked into the playoffs did they actually make the playoffs or not no. they didn't right no i mean we could we could even approach like that kind of level just going into late season where we look that we might be ninth or tenth seed going into eighth seed i think randall might need to get all side consideration because i think he's gonna be the number one option you know we right. paid him the big bucks, but yeah, I like the summer going all go going all in and looking at everything. But how you grading it? I I probably gave like a I was thinking a B minus, maybe a C plus. I was kind of hoping they'd get at least you know maybe a better player, maybe like Patrick Beverly Patrick Beverly type. But I like the short contracts. I think that's good. Um, probably C plus B minus type. 
all same reasons that she listed. They did it. They did. About, they did as well as they could, pretty much. How you feel about like there was been some like criticism that like we didn't really the Knicks been kind of getting shat on honestly just because they didn't go after the that Iggy deal the Moharkless deal where they got a pick yeah and, like that's that's the other reason but then again there weren't they really weren't that many options for expiring deals those are the only season. two options like, yeah. that's it yeah so, <laughs> so like we can't, 20, 28 other teams missed out you know what I mean we so, can't like, knock I, them I too hard exactly you know like people out there are only specifically pointing at the knicks two teams made those deals <laughs> you know what i mean like what the fuck where are the other ones at like right. i don't know knicks were clicks right <laughs> all right well that about wraps it up for our 24th episode of the nickish podcast tune in next week for our 25th episode um thank you all for listening and yeah tune in next week peace peace